and welcome to a newsflash episode of Unpacking the Case, the podcast by David Jones-Bold, the real estate law specialist. As always, I'm joined by our head of legal training, Richard Snape. Hello, Richard. Hello, Lizzie. Thank you for joining me for another podcast. Um, don't think you could do it without me. <laughs> no, quite. Um, so we're, we're actually, it's a bit of an update on a podcast we did back in March this year um called B&M Retail Limited and HSB Bank Pension Trust Limited um and when we were talking about it back in March it was a county court decision but it's now been heard by the high court um so we're revisiting it do you want to start by reminding us of the background of the case uh, B&M you'll have heard of uh, Lizzie uh it's uh, Billington and Mayman Bargain Madness quite a well-known brand out there and the actual premises itself, they'd taken on a lease of this, well, they'd taken on an assignment of a lease in 2015 uh, from Homebase, who were originally based there. It was in Willesden in, in northwest London, Willesden High Street. Uh, and uh, it was a 20-year lease from the year 2000. So it was, you know, the, the fixed term was 54 out protected, came to an end in 2020. Uh, and it basically consisted of sort of retail warehousing you know, the kind of thing. It's quite a big premises by all accounts, uh, together with an outdoor garden centre and car parking. And uh, HSBC Bank Pension Trust are the, um, the pension fund for the, the staff of HSBC. They were the landlords, which were assigned to the reversion on. Uh, and uh, basically, the, the landlords intended to, to um, well, develop this site, the premises from the beginning of the 1980s and rather run down you know, by the late well, 2020, and intended to develop the site, they were going to take on, well, they were going to sort of um, make, well, basically they did grant a, a conditional assignment, uh, uh, that again, they did grant a conditional agreement for lease uh, to uh, Aldi, who were going to act as their agents and develop the site and then take on the lease of the premises. Uh, but in January 2021, at the beginning of the third lockdown if you remember them seems a long time ago now those those things trying to forget it yeah yeah but uh they they um the tenants uh served a section 26 request requesting a new lease and uh if the tenant requests a new lease the landlord's supposed to uh if they want to oppose the request uh, uh counter notice within two months but the request turned up in the post room and during the lockdowns, no one was checking the post, which is a bit fatal. So they didn't uh, counter notice. You know, otherwise, they would have proposed a new lease on ground F, you know, demolition or reconstructing. And uh, so the tenant was entitled to a new lease. And it was basically all about the terms of the new lease. Um, the there was evidence which the court, the county court judge, accepted that Aldi might want to delay any development until 2029, a long time in the future, because uh, the market was not such that uh, they wanted such types of premises at the moment. You know, the, the sort of retail sector is going smaller. The huge supermarkets are not the flavour of the moment anymore. Uh, but that seems to have been sort of set to one side by the county court judge. The tenants wanted a 10-year lease, but the um, county court decided they should only get a five-year lease, uh, which you could discuss in your own right. But they also decided that they would, you know, the landlord wanted a, a redevelopment break, break 
Um, they'd put in planning applications for the premises. They had got intends to do, intention to develop the premises through Aldi as their agents. And they asked for a redevelopment break um, immediately um, from day one. And given six months' notice, you could uh, redevelop the site and bring the lease to an end. And I was quite surprised at the time when we were discussing this in a podcast in March that the court of uh, the sorry the county court uh, agreed with that you should have this redevelopment break from day one. They said that you should basically always you know the, the sort of take into account the development potential. The fifty four landlord and tenant act shouldn't be used as a means of stopping development of land. Um. And that's the case that then went to the High Court on October the 10th, it was heard. It's early November, as we record, the beginning of November. So what did the High Court have to say? Well, they actually agreed with it, um, with the decision, which um, I'll say a bit about it. Mr Justice Miles was the, was the judge involved. And uh, as in the County Court, as I recollect, they, it wasn't a big, big dis- um, law report, actually. But they quoted a series of cases from the past, going back to a case called Rehorn and Barry Corporation uh, in 1956, a court of appeal case, which was uh, a Lord Denning case that some of you will be old enough to remember. Uh, And uh, in that case, uh, it was accepted that the land was ripe for development, but there was no sort of clear plans at the time, you know, no sort of terms, no sort of um, developers sorted out and the likes, but they still allowed a development break um, exercise. Well, after seven months, you could serve six months' notice any time after seven months. And there was another Court of Appeal case, I remember, called Adams and Green back in 1978 that had said pretty much the same thing. Um, they had no existing plans. It was a confectioners and tobacconists, and they got no sort of... In- sort of an intention at the moment to uh, develop, but they were considering selling or developing and selling the site in the in the future. And they got a, you know, a redevelop a 10-year lease as the tenants wanted, but a redevelopment break exercisable every two years. And I suppose the other cases, um National Car Parks and and Paternoster Consortium, which I've mentioned in numerous courses over the years. Paternoster Square is the square outside um, St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And St. Paul's Cathedral is a World Heritage Site. And any World Heritage Site benefits greatly by having a national car park by it. Uh, It was an underground car park. And uh, they intended to develop Paternoster Square quite significantly. But national car parks asked for renewal of the lease for 10 years. And they wouldn't be able to, Paternoster Consortium wouldn't be able to go ahead with the development for some time because of all the public inquiries and sort of issues involved with such a prestigious site. And they got a two years, two year lease with a redevelopment break, is once again exercisable after two, sorry, a 10 year lease with a redevelopment break, exercisable six months' notice after any time after, after uh, two years. And the other case, uh, well, there were several other cases, but the other case was a case called J.H. Edwards and Sons and Central London Commercial Estates. Another Court of Appeal case said that uh, it's a balancing process between the needs of the landlord and the needs of the tenant. And based on all those issues and several others besides, the, um, the High Court uh, well, confirmed the, 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 the County Court decision 
they did. There were seven grounds, some of which are sort of more or less one and the same. But amongst other things, they'd said that the county court's decision in the judge was correct, although some of their comments might have been better expressed, which is a way of saying they're not really correct, I suspect. Uh, and also, um, they made clear that you know there's this test of what's fair and reasonable between the parties. Um, and uh, you know, some people, you know, it's, it's a sort of, if you like, a subjective test, just because some people would think it's fair and reasonable to give the 10-year lease doesn't mean to say, you know, others are acting unreasonably by not doing so. And so that was the decision, really, a confirmation on, let's say, slightly different grounds of the county court. Okay, thank you. And what would you say the importance of all of this is more broadly? Well, I mean, you've got quite a few court of appeal decisions which said this, but I mean, if you take it at face value, if you start, they did say in the in the B and M case that you know this sort of development was more planned than some of those cases like Adams and Green and Rearhorn and Barry Corporation. Uh, where it was just a sort of possibility of, of getting development within the, the duration of the lease. But uh, they, um, it does drive a bit of a coach and horses through the, the legislation. If the landlords can just, you know, we might want to develop the site within the next X number of years, therefore we'll have a redevelopment break. Uh, do you remember we, we did a case not so long ago, sometime in the summer, called slightly different issues called BMW and K Group? Park Lane, a BMW dealership. Yeah. Because um, that said, in that particular case, they were arguing during the course of the lease term, the renewed lease term, um, we might want to, you know, with the landlords, we might want to run our own business from that premises and therefore we can, you know, sort of have a, a break clause and use ground G we want to occupy for our own purposes in the court in that particular case. Uh, albeit only a county court decision and not a precedent, so it was too vague, you know, you're basically saying you know, anything could happen in the future and that wasn't enough, and it seems to you know, fly in the face of some of these cases. I suppose the other thing to mention, and I've mentioned this in courses recently, when I've been mentioning the first instance decision in PNM, is that if you want a development break, all the, you know, if you serve your break notice, it'll just terminate the fixed term of the tenancy and there'll be a 54 at continuation tenancy but if you make the development break between six and 12 months uh your section 25 notice can also be your break and you oppose on ground f demolition or reconstructing there was a case 1967 case called shoal manufacturing in clifton slimline that made that clear and people don't realize it so i think it's a significant case i don't think we've heard the last of the issues and it is a significant decision thank you very much richard my pleasure lizzie Thank you very much, Richard, and thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you again in our next episode.